Stand with me and we're going to go to the word of the Lord. I'm going to direct your attention to the book of Joshua, chapter number three. Joshua chapter number three. I so appreciate my family. So thankful that all of my family, with the exception of my parents, they're traveling today. But my wife, my daughter is home from training. My son is home from college. Such a treat to have them back here. And I appreciate my family. Love my family so very, very much. If you have your Bible, would you say, I've got it? Now, some of you have heard me say this before. I was preaching at a conference uh, a couple of years ago, and I said, everybody hold your Bible up. And sev- In fact, let me just ask you, if you have a Bible, hold your Bible up right now. Hold your Bible up. All right. Uh, just real quick, look around. Keep your Bible up in the air and look around. And you're going to see leather-bound books, and Brother Robert has a, a phone up in the air. Brother James has a tablet up in the air back there. When you say hold your Bible up today, it's different than what it meant 10, 15 years ago. But at this conference, I said, everybody hold your Bible up. And they did exactly what you did, except for one little boy sitting on the front row. And when I said that, he just pointed at the screen. (laughs) So... Whether you are reading out of your Bible or you're sharing your neighbor's Bible or you're just checking out this new LED wall up here, we'll make sure you hear the scripture. Also, Bishop Thomas, it is great to have you today. Brother B.J. Thomas, what a joy to have my friend with me. Brother Thomas and his late wife have been such wonderful friends of ours for so many years. And and for you to be here, Bishop, is just a a special blessing. And we give honor to you today. Amen. Joshua chapter number 3 and verse number 1. Joshua rose early in the morning. How many of you got up early today? Maybe the better question is how many of you didn't get up early today? We should just be glad you're here. Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they crossed over. So it was, after three days, that the officers went through the camp. And they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, And the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits, was just a measurement. Do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you must go. Now, I'm going to read another verse and a half, but let me stop long enough to say when, we, when you and I study the Old Testament, we will find that the Ark of the Covenant is symbolic to the very presence of God. And so it is not uh, a stretch at all when the Lord speaks through these officers and through Joshua to insinuate that it's the same for us today. When you see the Spirit of the Lord beginning to move. Get up and go after it. I want to be that kind of church here in Cabot, folks. I don't just want to be a program church that has the same old program week after week. There are some things that we will repeat often, but I want to be a Spirit-led church. Amen? 
that has our, can I say it like this, has our antenna up for what the Spirit is saying. And where the Spirit goes, we pursue after it. And then they said this, make sure that you don't get so used to it, though, that you can't see what it's doing. Don't ever get so casual with the ark. That you don't see it pivot and move. I, I, I want to I wanna have great respect for the Spirit of God. But I want you to notice the next phrase. Here's what they said. For you have not passed this way before. Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves. For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Amen. I feel like this is a fitting passage for this church right now. Because it embodies really what we're trying and questing to be a spirit-led church. And I do believe that great wonders are ahead of us. I will agree with what Pastor Nate said. We, our greatest days for this church are ahead of us. And we claim that by the authority of the name of Jesus. So with the help of the Lord, I'm going to preach a message that the Lord laid on my heart many months ago for this service particularly. Old paths, new places, same God. Old paths, new places, same God. Would you set your Bible down? And I need your help in prayer for me right now as a preacher. So if you know how to pray, I wish you'd just lift me up to the Lord and say, God bless pastor right now. Pray for yourself too, Jesus. I'm asking for a holy anointing. I'm asking you, Lord, to do what I cannot do, Lord. In my own ability, I am weak. But Lord, I'm asking that you would breathe a fresh anointing on the word as it is preached. I pray, Lord, that you will speak to every receptive and open heart in this room. Thank you for those that will respond to the word today. Thank you for those that will be baptized in water today, Lord. Thank you for those that will be encouraged by the word. I pray that you would speak something into the very DNA of new life here in Cabot. And for that, we're going to thank you and give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everyone, would you say amen? amen. Say it with me. Say old paths, new places, same God. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. Thank you for following along in your Bible. We had a powerful time of prayer in this sanctuary and really baptized this place in dedication last night. There's a great group of people that filled this sanctuary and began to pray focused prayers for the kingdom of God to come, for this to be an easy place for people to receive the Holy Ghost, for the waters of baptism to be troubled often, for this to be a place where people are sent forth from to be involved in kingdom work. It was a marvelous, marvelous time of prayer. After the service, the prayer time was over. My family and I went out to dinner and we were uh, at the restaurant and my phone rang and it was my pastor, James Lumpkin from Little Rock. And I don't normally do this. I usually do not answer calls ever during dinner. So if you ever call me and you don't get me, I'm probably eating. <laughs> but my pastor called and I excused myself from the table and I took the call. He said, hey, Brother Gaddy, we heard that tomorrow is the first day in the new building in Cabot. I said, yes, Pastor, it is. We're 
so very excited about the day. We just had a great time of prayer. He said, well, that's awesome. And he was very kind in his remarks. And he said, we had prayer meeting tonight in Little Rock as well. And at the close of that prayer time, he said, we just had people that would voice things, requests that they wanted us to pray for, and we prayed for them. And then he said, I felt impressed that we needed to pray for new life in Cabot. And so Word of Flame down in Little Rock lifted their voice and they began to pray. And by the way, I have received so many text messages just this morning from people saying that they're either watching right now or they're going to be praying for our service. And so everything that God wants to do in this house today is on purpose because there are people praying for that to happen. My pastor said, Brother Gaddy, I want you to know how we prayed for new life. We prayed that God would do something at new life in Cabot today that would set the tone for what can be expected from now on at the church. We ask that it would be a morning unlike any other morning, but maybe in the DNA of that very congregation, something could be put in the spirit in the church that would be a template or a pattern for things to come. I hung up that telephone call and I felt a definite confirmation from my pastor as to what I would share with this wonderful congregation today. So at this new season, at this new place, from where we will never go back, I preach to this great body of people Without sounding mysterious, I also today declare God's Word into the spiritual atmosphere of this day. And I lift my voice as a preacher, as a God-called preacher. And I want to declare God's Word not just to this church family, but into this very moment that we are in right now. I want to preach into the very spiritual atmosphere of this day. One of the great qualities of this church that I have noticed over the years, almost 22 years, is something that I just call multi-generational respect. I want to go on notice as saying I'm thankful that we have elders in the church. The Bible says that the hoary head or the gray head is honorable. And I'm getting more honorable. I'm glad that we've got some gray hair in the church. I'm glad that we have a few people that have been on the path a little while. I never will forget in year one of this church when we were meeting in a borrowed or a rented denominational church my parents decided to make the move from Chicago, Illinois, down to Arkansas. And they came, and they were a part of the early days of this church. I remember my daddy helping me drag the portable sign across the parking lot and setting it up three days out of the week. And then and, and he would help me drag it back. He, he would help me load up our car. And that was way before we had a permanent setup. And so we would have to set up and tear down every single service. My daughter Madison was just a little baby and we would wedge speakers and stands and, and podiums around her. She was in a little cocoon of sound equipment in our car. 
But I remember when my parents walked in and I was so thankful to have them there. Why? Because they were older. And it spoke to the people coming to our church that somebody is buying into this church. Somebody with tenure is buying into this church. So I say to every elder, and I won't attach an age to that because some people get touchy about that. But I say to every elder, this church is blessed because you are a part of this church. This church is a good church because you are in this church. Thank you for the heritage that you have passed to us. Thank you for what you put into our hands. And I also want to thank you, elders, hear me right now, for loving young people and children. I heard someone say it like this, elders are the stability of the church, but young folks are the energy of the church. There are, it's, a, it's a truth right now. There's some folks in this room right now. You've watched some of these young people up here today jumping up and down and worshiping, and I read your mind today. You were saying, God bless them. I wish I had that energy. But I want to go on record as well as saying I am thankful for the children of this church. I am thankful for the students of this church. I am thankful for the young adults of this church. And I am grateful that there is a multi-generational respect from one generation to another. We don't like the same kind of music. We don't march to the same beat. But guess what? Every generation needs a commitment to another generation. Every young person needs an elder that they link up with and say, we're in this church together. We are a part of God's body together. And so we will not have the same styles. We will not even have the same methods. And that's all right. But the belief path upon which we walk must be secure from one generation to another generation. Now, I'm not saying this because I feel like we're in jeopardy of this, but again, I'm preaching into the spiritual atmosphere today. We have come too far to abandon the belief system that has brought us to this point. And as long, this is not just verbose, as long as I have breath, and as long as I have a forum, I'm going to lift up my voice and I'm going to declare God's word. And I'm going to say, children, you must be born again. Students, you must be born again. Young adults, you must be born again. Elders, you must be born again. We must have a solid belief system. Praise God. Jeremiah writes in his prophetic book, and the Lord is speaking to the tribe of Benjamin as it is recorded in Jeremiah chapter 6. This tribe of Benjamin is in need of great repentance and reviving. How will this be achieved? They got an army surrounding them and how are they going to make it forward? And the Lord speaks in the 16th verse of Jeremiah 6 and says it like this. Stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths where the good way is and walk in it 
then you will find rest for your souls. Paul told his son in the gospel, Timothy, in the first letter to him, chapter 4 and verse 16, he said, take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, you will both save yourself and those who hear you. New life, let me preach it to us today. We must take heed to ourselves. We got to have a walk with God, but we must take heed to the doctrine. It matters what we believe. It matters what we preach. It matters what we teach. Take heed to the doctrine. And he said to continue in it, for in doing this you will save both yourself and you will save those who hear you. The wise writer in Proverbs 22 in verse number 8 said, don't remove the ancient landmark which your fathers have set up. There's something about that landmark that that elder died for. There's something about that truth that that elder invested his life for. There's something about that scripture that that elder hung on to and said, this is the way, walk in it. There's something about that. Don't come and rip that apart. Don't come and try to invent something more classy or more professional. There are some old paths that we must never stray from. Praise God. So we've come a long way in this building. It was April 2020. And on that April evening, we were excited because forms were built and plumbing pipes were run and we were getting ready to form the slab. And early that next morning, on April the 21st, 2020, at about 4.15 in the morning, some of you may remember this, we had portable lights set up and we did a Facebook Live at 5 o'clock in the morning. It was the earliest Facebook Live that we have ever done in the history of this church. And at 5 o'clock in the morning, we went live to show concrete trucks backed up here. It looked like Grand Central Station around here at 5 o'clock in the morning. And they were pouring that concrete in and building the slab and getting it all ready. And we are sitting on top of that slab right now. It was a great day. I remember driving up and just marveling at what was going on and as a pastor just envisioning what was going to eventually sit on this slab. And here we are all these months later, about 15, 16 months later, and here we are worshiping on top of that slab. What you may not have known is the night before we poured the slab at April the 21st, me and the Lord had a prayer meeting. I came very late, I excused myself from my, my home and I drove about 11 o'clock here to this property and I went into my office and opened up my Bible and I started looking at scripture, realizing that the next morning we're putting the foundation for this church in. Everything that's going to be built on this site is going to be built on this foundation. And so I, I, I opened up my Bible and I sat down at my computer and I started uh, typing out verses of scripture. And I went all old school. Our staff kids around and they talk about how old school I am. I actually write stuff down still. We have any ink and paper people in the house? Yes. I know we got a bunch of techie people and you're always typing it. And, you're, and I, I'm, I'm in awe of you, really. But I'm sitting down and I, I, I printed out these verses. For the word of God is living and it's powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to division of soul and spirit. And of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. There's something about the power of God's word. 
Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 14, Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. There is one Lord and there is one faith and there is one baptism. There's not a multiplicity of gods. There is just one God. And His revealed name is Jesus Christ. Paul said to Timothy, 2 Timothy 4 and 2, Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince and rebuke and exhort with all long suffering and teaching. He went on to tell the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter number 1, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Oh, I've come to take a time out and tell somebody it might be 2,000 years old, but that cross still works today. It's still powerful today. There is something about that old rugged cross. Woo! Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Sister Bennett, we baptized our first one in a hot tub 22 years ago in Jesus' name. But I want to report to you today, all these years later, we're not changing the formula. We're not finessing the language. We're not trying to get a way around it. It is still baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles and all who believed were together and had all things come and they sold their possessions and their goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all of the people and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. The psalmist said, because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all of your ways. For over an hour I walked around the foundation of this church, knowing that concrete was being poured the next morning, and I said, Lord, in just a symbolic way, I want 
want you to know that this church building is going to be built on the Word of God. It's not going to be built on charisma. It's not going to be built on character. It's not going to be built on personality. It will be built upon the Word of God. Come on, new life. We've got to stay in the old paths. Oh, I feel something moving in the Holy Ghost today. I wonder how many would agree with me that what happened in Solomon's temple can happen in this house. When Solomon finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering. The priest couldn't enter into the house because the glory of the Lord filled the house. I am praying that God will baptize this house with His glory. Everybody say, old paths. This is the doctrine that has stood the test of time. It is good for every cultural strata. It is effective in every culture and every language group. It is sure. Old paths are dependable. Old paths are powerful. They are true paths. They are well-worn paths. And they are our paths. And then there's new places. Pretty obvious I would have this one in here. Because we literally are sitting in a new place. But there perhaps is no greater word to define the movement of God's people than this word. Mobile. But that's probably not the word you thought I was going to say. But it's still a good word. Everybody say mobile. God's people, whether Israel under the Old Covenant or the church in the New Covenant, were never designed to be stagnant, sedentary, or stationary. Not designed like that. Some of you are getting it right now because I've had people tell me, my goodness gracious, I came to your church and y'all are like jumping beans. You're up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down. You're more up than you're down. Well, that's not just kind of how we are. But it speaks to the very nature of God's church. How many of you are old enough to remember that old song? I shall not be, I shall not be moved. I shall not be just like a tree that's planted by the water, I shall not be moved. But how many of you know that refers to a mindset of stationary convictions? Not a refusal to go forward. Luke chapter 21 and verse 25 says there shall be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars on the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the seas and the waves will be roaring. Men's hearts will fail them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of heaven will be shaken. Look at verse number 28. When these things 
begin to happen. Look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. I want you to hear me. When a culture around us is descending, God's church is ascending. When a culture around us is getting farther away from God, God's church is designed to get closer to Him, to move closer to His Spirit, to walk closer to Him. You see, the church's mission is always forward. That's why Jesus said, as Mark talks about it in Mark 16, go into all the world. Everybody say go. It didn't say stay here and reach the world. It didn't say stay stationary and reach the world. He said go into all the world. Now let me speak a personal word about this church. This thing, this particular thing, has always caused us to move. The mission has caused us to move. The mission has caused us to reach people. The mission is what caused us to disciple people. The mission that Jesus gave us has caused us to send people into kingdom work. The mission had its beginning here many years ago at 71 Lassiter Lane here in Cabot. We had four of us in our first service. I remember shortly after that, about five weeks later, we held our first missions service on a Tuesday night and had 19 people in that living room wadded up on couches and chairs and standing. It was just a glorious night. We thought, oh my goodness, we are really arriving right now. We have had 19 people in service. And yet the call of God went forth from the Lord and it simply said, I've got more people! And so it caused us to move to a new place. 301 South Pine Street in Cabot. At that time, it was Hope Presbyterian Church. I went and stopped by the church. I saw it as I was driving one day, knowing we wanted to have a building to have a Sunday service. And I walked in, and they were having a church work day, working on the yard of the church. And there was a pastor that was there, and I sat down across the table. When I got his attention, he sat down with me. I said, Pastor, and I introduced myself. I'm a new pastor here in town. We're starting a church, and we're wondering if you would be willing to rent us your building. He asked me a little bit about our church, and it didn't take me long to tell him because we didn't really have a whole lot. I said, would you be willing to rent us your church building? And in my mind, Stacy and I had prepared, just internally I had prepared, that about $500 was really going to stretch us if he gave us a $500 a month rent. We were hoping that it wouldn't be beyond that. He looked at me and he kind of looked me up and down. He said, let me go talk to my elders. He walked out and he tapped a guy that was running a weed eater and they had a quick little board meeting out in the lawn of the church. I was over standing next to my car and I was praying. I was trying to act calm. But intercessory prayer was going on inside of me. He walked over and he said, Reverend, I think we can probably do that. Now here's the thing. You'd have to have church on Sunday afternoon at 2 o'clock. I said, that's no problem. We can tell our people and we'll come at Sunday afternoon. He said, now you can't have Wednesday night church. You'll have to have Tuesday night church if you want to have a midweek service. I said, that's no problem. We can have Tuesday. You know, here's the thing. And some of you have been at churches that have different times like that. I was always going to church when no one else was going to church. And I was always home when everyone else was in church. 
I remember Sunday nights, my wife and I would want to go out and grab a bite to eat, and we were almost a little intimidated because we think people think we're backslid. We're not in church. But that Presbyterian pastor looked at me, and he said, I think we can probably make an arrangement. How does $250 a month sound? He said, that'll include utilities. You don't have to pay extra for utilities. We'll pay for the utilities. $250, is that all right? I guess. So we had church for almost a year at Hope Presbyterian Church. We had our first baptism. We had a max seating capacity of 75. And yet, all while we were there in that Presbyterian Church, I heard the Lord speaking. I've got more people! So we started looking. We found 801 West Main Street here in Cabot, two storefront units with a max seating of about 85. We were there for almost seven years in that storefront. We shared the parking lot with Price Cutter Grocery Store, and we had some marvelous services. We grew to the place numerically where we had to add a second service, and yet I heard the voice of the Lord speaking in that storefront. I've got more people! And so I went on the, the, the look again, and Brother Daryl McKinnon helped me, and we're looking around Cabot, and we both fell upon this, this building right here next to us. At that time, it was 105 Commercial Street, and it's now what is Bennett Hall, where our Kids Life Ministry, and has a max seating of about 160 people. We had marvelous church in there, added a second service. It, had, it was just a great time for our church, remodeled the front third of that building, and yet during that time, I felt a compulsion from the Lord that he had more people for this church and I want to remind somebody the mission has always moved us forward not status not a claim not getting your name in lights listen it really doesn't matter to me if social media buzzes about this church because this church is not for social media this church is for the mission And so we outgrew 105 Commercial Street. The owners of the building, it was a flea market that we converted into a church sanctuary, and the owners of the building told me, you can lease it, but we'll never sell it. We're not, involved, we're not interested in selling it at all. I said, that's fine. We're just looking to lease right now. And so we were praying. We're just about out of room. And I never will forget when I was at home one day, my phone rang, and it was the owner of the building. And she said to me, Tim, I don't know why I'm making this phone call. But my husband and I were talking last night, and we'd like to offer you the building for sale. And there was an electric supply warehouse in what is now the chapel here on the back of the church. And so in one weekend, we went from being a fellow tenant with them to being their landlord. So they were paying their rent to us. We bought the whole building. God made a way, arranged the financing. We, we had a, a wonderful relationship and we were able to negotiate a buyout of their lease. They moved out. We renovated what is now the chapel next door and had a comfortable seating in there of 275 people. And yet, for the last nine years, as we've packed that place out, added a service, gone through COVID, gone through all the things every other church has gone through, all throughout that time, when I go to prayer, I hear this incessant call from God saying, I've got more people. I've got more people in Cabot. I've got more, I've got more language groups for you to reach. 
I've got more hurting people for this church to touch. I've got more Bible studies for you to start. I've got more people. So here we are. We're now still at 107 Commercial Street Part 2. And here we are on this opening Sunday, initially seating for 550 people in this new worship center. Campus seating across the buildings for close to 1,000 people. A building of 14,000 square feet here and 12,000 square feet over there plus an annex. I don't share that to try to impress you, but I hear the call of the Holy Ghost on this Sunday morning that is saying, I got more people come on somebody that's why we're here that's why we're here he's taking us to new places look at your neighbor and say I've got more people I've got more people. When Israel went from wandering in the wilderness to entering the promised land, they found a new level and they found new devils. They had to possess the land. Hear me, new life. This is a personal sermon right now, but hear me. They had to conquer the occupying force in the land in which they had been promised. There's no magical veil when we move in a big auditorium like this that God just sends revival and no devils. But when you get to a new level, you'll fight different battles. But I feel like there's something in the spirit right now that someone is squaring their shoulders back and drawing a line in the sand and saying, I'm going to pray like never before. I'm going to commit like never before. I'm going to give like never before. Why? Because the mission is pushing us to new places. Amen. And then I will close with this. We are observing old paths. He's taking us to new places. But here is the good news. He's the same God today. As he was last Sunday morning. We're in all new, but there's something about this place that isn't new today. Woo, I feel the Holy Ghost helping us right now. There's something about, I feel a familiar spirit in this house today. I feel a friend among us today. I feel the same spirit of God that was thick last Sunday morning and baptizing people with his spirit and refilling people with his spirit and people taking the name of Jesus upon them. It is the same God. It's the same God that was with us July the 20th of 1999 in a living room on Lassiter Lane. And that same God is with us today. I've got good news for somebody. He's still a healer. Sister Ember, I'm going to speak it over you right now. He's still a healer of your husband. He's still a healer, Zane, of your daddy. He's still a comfort, Sister Carolyn. He is the same God today that he has always been before. He hasn't changed. He's not new and improved. He's still the same God.
Brother Thomas, he's the same God as you've been worshiping for years. He's the same God that I've been worshiping for years. He said of himself, for I am the Lord your God, and I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed. Let me speak it into the atmosphere right now. Hebrews says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. You get up, if God graces us with another day, you're going to pray to the same God tomorrow that is in this house today. He does not change. Everybody shout it. Say, same God. That sounds good. I like the sound of that in this building. Everybody shout it. Say, same God. Here's what I want you to do. Every time I point to you, I want you to shout, same God. You ready? Kids grow up. People get married. I get a new job. I lose a job. I get sick in my body. I have health in my body. I have good days. I have difficult days. I wake up on Sunday morning feeling good. I go to bed feeling bad. Same God. He's the same God today. He does not change. Oh, I wish we'd take a time out and just praise him right now. I wish we'd take a time out and just praise him right now. I woke up this morning with the same God that I was worshiping last week. Same God. Same God. Same God. Same God. I'm going to tell you right now, I feel the Holy Ghost. I wish you would just right now, just reach over and touch somebody and, and say, God, I pray that you will become to them in this new building everything you've always been. Would you do that right now? Would you just reach over and lay a hand on a shoulder and say, God, be to them today. Be to them today, Lord. Everything that you promised to be. Woo! Hallelujah. He's the same God. He's the same God. He's the same God. He's the same God. Come on, if you need him to be a miracle worker, I wish you'd cry out to that same God right now. If you need him to come through for your family, cry out to that God right now. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Stand with me if you would, everybody. Woo! Oh God, hallelujah. Come on, from a living room to a rented church, he was the same God. From a storefront to a converted flea market, he's, a, he's the same God. From a lease building to a converted purchase, he's the same God. To new construction on a Sunday morning, he's the same God. I've come to remind new life, he's the same God. He can still heal your body. He can still save your family. He can still bring your family back to him. He is the same.
He never changes. He doesn't have to get better. He's already good enough today. Woo! Oh. Ha. Oh, God. We had about... We had about two hours from the time that I left the building yesterday, this tremendous army of people that showed up. The Stacy and I are so humbled that you came and helped us get in this building. I cannot thank you enough. Had about two hours from the time we left the campus to run home and change clothes and come back for prayer. And I went home and I laid down on my bed just to get a few, a few moments to shut my eyes and rest a little bit. And Brother Odell had the audacity to call me and wake me up. <laughs> but I'm so glad you did, Brother Odell. Because this elder, this very special man in my life, said, Pastor, I just want to tell you something that God did for me. Some of you know that the difficulty Brother Odell's had, had COVID earlier last year and had a very difficult time, back surgery, not been able to walk well at all lately. Many times walking walk with a walker, and yet he's been faithful to the house of God. He said, Thursday morning, I got up. And he said, I really didn't even notice it at first. But the farther I walked, the easier it felt. He said, I started taking steps like I hadn't taken in a long time. He said, I didn't have the pain. Let me just tell you what this was, and I don't know, Brother Older, you might have had a red-hot prayer meeting the night before, but it was just a regular day, in a regular moment, when that same God showed up and walked into that, that, that home on Willow and said, I've decided that right now is your time for a miracle. Right now. I was standing in the parking lot this morning when brother and sister Odo pulled up and he got out of the car and he said, watch this. Hey, he's the same God. Here's what I want us to do. If you would indulge me, I know we have guests here. You have my word. No one's going to do anything weird to you. I just want us to come forward just for a moment. Just somehow step forward. We can't all fit up here, but would you just step out and we're going to pray together as a church right now. Bishop Thomas, I want you to come up here on the platform. I want you to help me pray. I want you to come and help me pray. We're just about done. Just about done. We're just about to head off into this first week of being in this new building. But I'm so thankful that he's the same God today. Same God. Let Bishop through if you would. Just let him come through. He's the same God. Sister Bennett. She's still here. She stepped out. Same God, 1999. Same God, 2021. Zach, he's the same God. Same God that put that great drawing on you and Lee a few months ago, almost probably a year ago now, to be back in the house of God. Same God. Same God, Doc, that you and Shannon, congratulations on your engagement. Yeah. 
Same God that filled you with the Holy Ghost, Doc, a number of years ago. Same God, Laura, that you've been serving for a long time. Filled your husband with the Holy Ghost. Baptized in Jesus' name. Same God that drew the Simmons family to this church. My, do we love Andre and Victoria. Same God that drew the Hackworths here. Same God that drew the Smiths here. Same God, Zane, that's touching your daddy right now while we pray here in Cabin. Same God. I'm preaching about the same God. Same God, Tyler. Same God, Bill. Same God, John. Here's what I want to ask us to pray. That we as a church, if you're identifying with this message, would commit like never before to the old paths of belief. We will commit to the mission that takes us into new places we've ever gone before. And we would rely upon the power of an unchanging God. That's how we'll finish this service in prayer and praise right now. But if that's you, if you feel an identification with that right now, I want you to begin first to thank God that you've heard his word today. And then in a moment, Bishop's going to come and pray over us. But I want you just to receive the word. Would you do that right now? If you would, say, God, I'm hearing what you're saying today. I'm hearing what you're saying today. Come on, I am committing. I'm committing to the right beliefs. I'm committing to the old paths. I'm not going to stray. I'm going to stay true to the, the, what brought us here, what has brought us to this place. I'm staying true to that. Come on, somebody commit today to the mission. Somebody commit today to the mission of reaching the lost. Come on, if you need a miracle, I wish you'd begin to cry that out to the Lord right now. The same God, the same God that touched you in the past is here to touch you today. He can work in your life. He can work in our lives today. Woo, that's it. Go ahead. Go ahead and let the spirit of prayer come on you right now. God, let the spirit of intercession come on us. Let it keep us, Lord. Let it order our steps. Come on, young adults. That's it. Go ahead. Pray in the Holy Ghost this morning. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Use this church for your glory. Use this church for your honor, oh God. Be glorified. Do the work of the kingdom through this church, Lord. In Jesus' name. 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 name. Hallelujah. Amen. I want Brother Thomas to come and pray a blessing over this church. And here's what I when, when he lifts his voice and begins to pray, I want us to receive it right now. Come on, I, I feel it. Destiny, go ahead and just pray out loud to the Lord, sweetheart. That's it. Go ahead and let the Lord fill you again. Come on, God filled Destiny with the Holy Ghost. I said, receive it, Destiny, right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, the Holy Ghost is being poured out in this house right now. Yes, Lord. Come on, church. Let's go ahead and lean into this right now. Let's lean into this right now. 
Go ahead and receive it right now. You can be filled with the Holy Ghost right now. You can be touched by the power of God right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, that's it, that's it, that's it. Let the Holy Ghost baptize this house, Lord. Let the Spirit of God baptize this house, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Brother Thomas, pray over us in Jesus' name. You put it in the minds and the hearts of people to put together the fabric, to put together the materials, to create a place that you desired not to be just a place, but to be a place where the Lord manifests His power and His glory. And so today, Lord, at the crack of dawn this day, you put it in my heart that you were going to fill this place with your glory. But you weren't going to just let it be the fabric and the material. You were going to fill the people with your glory. Because when your people are filled with your glory, then the place just becomes a launching pad, Lord. And from this launching pad will go forth the glory of God in the hearts of people. This community will be impacted. This state will be impacted. This world will be impacted because the glory of the Lord fills the temple and we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. I'm asking you, Lord, to break down barriers where your glory has never been able to go before in the lives of people who are influencers who will touch the lives of many other people who are influencers. And we'll see a great harvest of souls because your glory, your glory fills this place just like it's filled every other place this church has gathered. But oh Lord, I sense something in the Holy Ghost today. I sense something breaking forth. I sense something breaking out. Miracles and signs and wonders that we've prayed about and we believed were possible and we've heard about but that will become reality because your glory fills this house and we become the temple of the Holy Ghost indulge me just a moment reach over and lay your hand on somebody if you're comfortable in doing so and pray this simple prayer Lord open every fiber of this person's being to be filled with your glory today. Pray that prayer. Somebody's going to be praying for you that prayer. That every fiber of your being will be filled with the glory of God. That Pastor and Sister Sullivan, Pastor and Sister Gaddy will be filled with the glory. And they will be impactful in this community and impactful in this state. And impactful in the world that we're a part of. Because they're filled with your glory. They have the word of God to build on as a foundation but the glory will go forth and break every yoke and every chain and every barrier, I pray. Now united, 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 lift your voices, lift your hearts and give Him praise today. Thank you, Brother Thomas. I love you. Thank you. Thank you for being here today. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus.
Lord, we thank you for meeting with us today. We thank you for your glory that has filled this house today. Keep your hand on your people this week, Lord. We go in the fear of God. Hallelujah. New life, may the blessing of the Lord be upon you this week. May his face shine upon you this week. Keep you and guide you in the love of God. Amen. Thank you for being here today.